Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Old Lady Speaks podcast on Black and White and Red All Over. This is your disgruntled host, Danny, coming to you for episode number 41, the Marcel Bouchel episode. Anybody remember him from back in the day? On loan from Siena for a year or two? He's, he's the guy that plays for like San Marino, right? Yeah, they're... Didn't he play for like San Marino internationally? Yeah, this this is uh, I have it in my notes here. This is a number that is is kind of handed to the the young one of the young midfielders that come up for for a few games every year. Obviously, this season has been Fajoli. Last season, my, my boy uh, Hans Nicolusi Cavidia, and and before that, there there are a few others. Also, while doing this, I know we've mentioned him before, so I didn't go with him this week, but. This was a number that Carlo Pinsolio wore when he was called up from the Primavera way, 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 way back in the day for a you know a brief one of those games where Juve needed an emergency third keeper. But anyways, I will not talk about young Juventus midfielders much longer, although we might in a few minutes, seeing as the way Juventus is playing these days. I will first bring in the usual crew here. We're full, we're back to the full squad again. Sam Lopresti. Hello, Sam. We're at full strength. <laughs> Nothing can stop us now. Nothing can stop us now unless Juventus continuing to make our blood pressure boil. We've got Chucks. Hello, Chucks. Hey, good evening. Usually uh, I have some kind of witty joke or something or witty kind of comments at the beginning. I don't. 
I don't this time, so hey. <laughs> Seeing as we're recording on a, a rare day of game, that yeah, that makes sense, Chucks. <laughs> we've and back yep. from back from a week of rest, we've got Sergio Romero. Hello, Sergio. Hey, fellas, happy to be here as always. I'm assuming at some point you're just gonna start making up names, and you know because I, you could honestly say any name and i believe you i'm assuming you did the research so <laughs> sure i guess that guy number 41 shout out him I, I have no recollection of that person ever existing so <laughs> that that's that might actually end up happening in the uh, in the 50s so we're we're, uh, we're running we're getting towards the end although we've got a few we've got i'm looking at the list now we've got a few uh, recognizable names coming up here in the next few weeks so we'll we'll have some fun with those guys and uh speaking of things that are the opposite of fun as i mentioned we are recording the day of juventus's game and earlier today they lost one nothing to benevento which a game i think it's safe to say they thoroughly deserve to lose and uh since we didn't have sergio on last week's spot i'll throw it to sergio right off the bat oh what the hell man yeah, it, it wasn't pretty. It was, you know, it was yet another time that I have to wake up early on a Sunday and yet another time that I regret doing it because same, it, my just, friend. it wasn't same. It, it just it just it wasn't fun. You know, it's just not fun. And and it it bothers me that it's not fun because you look at the like when I saw the, the, the name sheet uh, when the game started, I was like, OK, this is kind of fun. They have, you know bunch of attacking players and you know Arthur is is back and you know I, I don't know like it just feels to me like this team should be better than they are just just by pure talent just by pure the guys that are on the pitch and you know, it's just not fun it's just not fun but I am going to tell you a, a nice little stat that I found the last two games that Juve has lost in in Serie A they have allowed a total of three shots on goal and lost the both games by a one nil score line. And it just, it, it, you know, if you just look at the stats, you're like, Oh, they're being unlucky. And it's just like, it's not even that they're unlucky. It's just that they're, they're bad. They're just not playing well. And, you know, it just, it bothers me. It bothers me that it's just not fun. This is probably the least fun I've had watching Juve in a while in a while it's really making me look back fondly at the at the days of the max allegri era when everyone complained like oh this is boring it's like no 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 this is boring this is bad this is just listless boring football and you know i'd rather i'd rather it be just bad let's just be bad let's just play with a bunch of kids and see what happens than just be you know boring and bad and old and overpaid which is what we are right now and you know, it's just, it's just a bummer. It's a bummer. And yeah, I have, I don't have much more to say than it's, it's a bummer. We also won three, one against Cagliari. If anyone wants to talk about that, that was a little bit more fun, I guess. That's, that's the spirit chat. That's the spirit. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think you really hit the nail on the head with just the kind of enjoyability enjoyability factor of Juventus um, because I was thinking the exact same thing actually before before today though really quite quite some time before uh, 
this season, actually, really. Um, I'll say kind of towards the end of the Sarri era, I kind of had the same feeling. But yeah, it's it's not even, to me anyway, it's not even boring. It's just really, uh, the way I was thinking about it in my head was like, it's a lack of emotion, I feel, for Juventus now. Not that, not that I don't, not, not supporting the team, obviously, but it's like, it's just, a, it's not, you know, I don't feel as emotionally enthusiastic anymore about the team. I think that's the word I'm looking for, that enthusiasm for Juventus, because it's just, yeah, it's just not uh, enjoyable at all anymore. It's, yeah, it's, you know, the games are, <laughs> performances are poor. And, and, you know, before people, I guess I'll kind of jump ahead, before people kind of rail on Artur for that error, which was bad, very bad error, you know, people have to remember that, the goal was, I believe the goal was in the 69th minute, I want to say 68 or 69th minute. So at minute 69 against Benevento at home, we were at nil-nil. So, you know, yes, it was a poor error, but it should never, never, never have been nil-nil at, at the 69th minute against Benevento at home. So, you know, that was testament just to the fact of how, uh, yeah, I mean, how poor things were uh, at the moment. So, yeah, I mean, there's, there's so much, you know, yeah, there's so much you can say. I mean, I'll kind of just reel off, like, I mean, I'm not going to be very coherent this episode because, man, it's, yeah, it's like, it's hit a new low, man. Like, it's, it's, it's uh, I don't know, it's at the point where you can awkwardly laugh about it. But, you know, we're at the point where we have to play Bernadeschi at, at left back. And, I mean, okay, Alexandra has been injured kind of on off throughout the season, but, you know, we we mentioned this. I mean, pretty sure pretty sure it was at the beginning of the season. We talked about like the fullback situation and just the lack of you know personnel at the fullback position and how it was going to be kind of a uh, you know piecemeal approach to kind of figuring out. Oh, okay, we can kind of you know uh, put Quadrado there and ah, Falota, I mean, yeah, will, he'll work. He'll he'll be all right for now. But yeah, clearly we're seeing the effects of that of just this kind of haphazard approach to the uh, fullback position because i mean bernardeski you know he's not he's definitely improved over the last you know few months and i mean i appreciate his effort i you know i don't dislike him or anything or i don't you know say oh get rid of him or he's uh, you know he's useless but i mean it's not his position it's not his natural position so you know how much are you gonna how fair is it really to expect a certain level of performances if I mean it's just not his position you know it's the first time he's played there so yeah we're we're in that situation where we're doing that which is just really really a bad look on management for letting it uh, you know come come that far and yeah just kind of one more one more thing because before I pass it off uh, to Sam you know whoever whoever's decision it is to still allow uh, Cristiano Ronaldo to take free kicks I mean I'm really it was funny for a while like it was funny like we poke jokes at it like oh he hits the wall but now it's actually really infuriating like it's it's past the point of being funny and now it's just it's just absurd it's it is patently objectively absurd to let him take free kicks it is proven by data just he cannot like he just doesn't take him well like what what else is there to say and frankly i'm disappointed in ronaldo himself for not being frankly man enough to say, okay, you know what, this is not working. I'm going to pass it off to whoever else it is. So, I, I mean, that's really like, that is one of the biggest things that, that has been making me just frankly angry 
about you know about the team but uh yeah i'll pass it off to sam before i ramble on further wall time but it's wall i was gonna say it's wall time chucks it's wall time it's banging your head against the wall time as well (laughs) (laughs) that too uh it was double wall time today uh on on sunday as a matter of fact i i mean it's this just i think goes back to just years and years of of front office failures at this point i mean i've seen so i've seen a lot of people calling for pirlo's head after this game uh some people saying just fire him tomorrow and 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 pray at you know and because otherwise we won't make the champions league i think that's an incredible overreaction but it's also incredibly wrong to put responsibility for games like this on pirlo when that responsibility does not lie with him a buddy of mine in in the club in new york says this on our whatsapp uh, chat all the time and i'm gonna repeat him there so joe you made the pod he he says, there are a lot of really talented players on Juventus's roster. Hardly any of them actually fit together as a team. And until somebody gets a sense of how to actually make that happen, this is going to keep going on. Because, you know, the, the fact that no one in this midfield can make an incisive pass. Artur was back to, you know... October, November, Artur, when he wasn't making a pass forward in the slightest, like let, let alone the, the mistake that led to the goal. Did he pass the ball forward once? I like, I have to like cast my memory back to that. The, the incredible dependence that we do actually have on Juan Cuadrado is like you know he he's suspended for yellow cards you think oh it's 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 benevento and he, he just like the the off the the attack sputters out completely without him there it was it, it's it's all just i think coming a, a, it's a lot of rough stuff coming to a head at once i think both kulusevsky and morata are at extreme lows when it comes to confidence both of them looked like they could, had opportunities that a more confident player would have buried today. But at the end of the day, I just, I don't see, I don't see that. I don't see the team coming together as a cohesive unit to be able to actually play, to play with each other and achieve a goal. It, it's just, it's just a, it's just eleven dudes kicking the ball around street style and hoping that something happens, and that's why, and, and and that's why I'm very much, you know, of the opinion that Pirlo really has nothing to do with this because I don't think any coach can make could make hay with this with this roster the way it's put together. You know, I I, I do I've been as a whole uh, pretty much on Sam's side in, in the sense that you know Andrea Pirlo has you know, not as much weight as people who, who want him gone think. But I do have to say, I kind of disagree with you on, on this one, respecting this game, not, not as a whole on his tenure. And I do believe that, you know, going forward, I would like to see him stay at the club. But but for this game, at least, and, and not only this game, but a lot of games, you know, in, in the in in the 
you know, the games where they're dropping points against the Benevento and Crotone and all those type of type of games. At some point, what we were seeing a lot of times, and it's related to the stat that I mentioned earlier, right? Like if you look at the at the stats for Juventus there, they had over 40 shots in both the this game and the Napoli game. And I think over 10 or 11 shots on goal. So it's not, you know, if you just look at the stats, it's like, well, they're they're getting there, they're just being unlucky, like you said, like Kulusevsky and Morata are not finishing, whatnot. But really, it's it's just the same. It's just from the beginning of the season. It's like you just park the bus against Juventus and we have nothing. And they'll just, you know, they'll take the ball and then they'll wait for someone to make a move. And then there's no movement. And then they'll just pass it sideways. And it's going to be that wash, rinse, repeat. And at some point, you do have to look at the manager and say, okay, do something. You know, I mean, at some point, change something. And I know that, you know, the squad is not where it should be. I know that there's a lot of guys that don't fit together, like Sam said. I do understand that. But at some point, you like, we were talking about the same thing with Sarri last year, right? Like, we were saying, like, yeah, his squad doesn't make sense. But at the same time, the performances are just not there. So he does have to to have some 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 semblance of blame on this. He, he does... He has some blame in this. Is it the whole thing? No, of course not. Should he be fired? I don't really think so. But th- the truth is that this team plays, you know, worse than the sum of its parts. And it's it was the same thing under Sarri last year. And it's the same thing under Pirlo this year. Obviously, different circumstances. But I do think that that he does bear some blame in this. Which, honestly, it's not even... You know, I don't think it's a surprise. He's a rookie coach. Like, this is his first year. Like, it's, you know, it's fine that he's going to have these games and he's going to make mistakes. It's, it's even expected at some point. But I do think that that we have to call it as, like, yes, he is put in an unfair situation. Yes, his team is not perfect. You still should freaking beat Benevento, like, regardless. Like, like Chuck's mentioned earlier, like, I don't care if you have, you know, the most mismanaged team ever, like, you have you are Juventus. You have the players you have. You have the talent you have. You have to beat Benevento at home. And I do think that he does deserve some blame. Am I on the Pirlo out squad? Definitely not. But I, I do think that he does deserve some blame in the functioning of, of the team, at least this Sunday. I, I think you're right in, in terms of this Sunday. Definitely. I think that he he waited way too long to make changes in the midfield, but you know, he didn't have, you know, he didn't have much else to actually change. I didn't realize just how thin the bench was until I looked again and saw like, you know, Ramsey's on the shelf again. He barely had anything to, you know, he didn't have any options to try to change the attack, but yeah, he he definitely should have tried to change the midfield earlier, but I also think that there is a that today in particular was a, a major case of the players just not showing up, and this is and this speaks to a problem that has gone far beyond any one coach. This has this happened on this has happened with Pirlo. It happened to Maurizio Sarri. It happened in the last year or two that that Max Allegri was the coach. This team plays down to its opposition so amazingly like i don't even know how to finish that sentence because amazingly is not a good ad is not a good adjective there but like it i i cannot believe that you know like i like you remember two three years ago that that awful nil nil draw against spal 
where just like there was absolutely absolutely nothing going on in the entire game like that was that was allegri that was you know when the team was still almost at, at a point where you could expect them to be getting the big huge result and they still played down to the level of a club that hadn't been in Serie A at that point that was Spal's first year in Serie A in quite some time and they just didn't do anything there and this has been a constant thing and I don't know if you can chalk it up to just the the kind of brain drain in the in the leadership as the old, you know, the older guard that started this, this, this cycle starts to move on, starts to become less influential as they get older. Or if it's just, if, if this is just a, I don't know, is, are, are we that arrogant now after nine years at the top that we just don't go into this game into these kinds of games thinking that we have to actually step things up. I don't know, but it's a, it's, this has been a years long issue and that's gotta be, something's gotta be done to address that. Yeah. I agree completely that this is not a new issue. I agree completely that a lot of times there's, and we've mentioned it before, this is not like a new comment. I'm not breaking any ground here, but yeah, that there was a lack of urgency. The urgency really started the moment they went down and was like, Oh, we're losing. So we have to do something now. And they played, markedly better the last 20 minutes or so you know it's one of those things that you definitely have to and it's hard to pinpoint it like you mentioned is it because there's no longer any better leadership is it the manager is it the players is it because they they think that they're wearing the juventus jersey they already won when they when they you know step on the pitch it's tough to really pinpoint it i all, all i all i really hope is that if we're going to play not, not like play like this but at some point you just have to make a decision and decide where you want this team go because right now they're just like a bloated unmotivated team that really doesn't have an identity doesn't have a lot of old guys doesn't have a lot of young guys it's just somewhere on the middle we're just mediocre and expensive and bloated and boring and that's just kind of like the worst place to be so you know, I'd be perfectly fine if we were getting these results and we we're doing this with Andrea Pirlo as our coach and with just like playing all the young guys and just figuring things out. And and if that's where we have to go, then let's go there. But I I just don't really want to to still be stuck in this middle ground where we're, you know, like you said, where we're still thinking like we're we've been having the same issues three years running now. Like we like it's the same thing and the coaches change. And, you know, some players change, some don't, but it's it's a different team than what it was in the last year of, of Max Allegri. And the issues are the same. So at some point, you do have to just look at your team and say, OK, what are we doing here? It's time to blow it up. And if that means uh, if that means letting, you know, letting Giorgio Chiellini go or, you know, maybe he retires, if that means letting Leonardo Bonucci and letting Gianluigi Buffon and letting all of those guys, Alexandro, and letting all of those guys that have been there for a while and that, you know, we all like as fans and that have been part of great teams. If that's what it means, then you have to, you have to go for it because at this point it's just not working. So I'm just going to repeat what I, what I said on Twitter, just like blow the team up, just like blow it up. I don't care. Let's, freaking finish ninth next year i don't care but just like try something different because i'm just so sick and tired of watching a boring team get 
bounced in the round of 16 in the Champions League and just like crawl to a finish and said, yeah, every year. Like, I'm just I'm just done. Like, let's do something dramatic, because if if we just go to next year and sell Ramsey and bring in another like average midfielder, I'm going to lose my mind. So let's, let's just do something because this is just it's it's pathetic what we're seeing week in and week out. See what happens when we give Sergio a week off. He comes in firing. Mm, the, the, the takes were brewing for a while. <laughs> you know, it's funny that, okay, this is a complete tangent very quickly, but this reminds me of, you know, as you know, I'm Nigerian, so I grew up, you know, Nigerian household. And I don't know, Nigerian parents have, have this propensity for dramatics, like just, just ridiculous dramatics. No, so, you know, Ni- the, Nigerian parents? No, yeah, oh, no. Yeah, which I mean, bless their hearts, but like, yeah, it's in there, there's something. So, you know, one thing they would always do is like, you know, let's say I'll be gone for a party and like, you know, I'll be back the next day or something. Like legit just gone for like, I don't know, less than half a day. And I'll come back, I'll walk into the walk into the home and they'll be like, ah, lost and found son. Welcome back. Look, I'm like, what the hell is that? <laughs> yes, yes, son. Hello, welcome back. I'm like, what, 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 what is that necessary? It's not for like half a day. And they're like, ah, lost and found. So it just reminded me of when, when Danny, when you said, like, yeah, Sergio's back after a week. Like, welcome back, Sergio. Lost and found. Um, but yeah, really, welcome back. Um, but anyway, back to topic. Happy um, to be back, buddy. <laughs> hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Back, back to on topic. Something you said about like the whole middle, the middle ground thing. I thought that was really spot on because two things. I mean, one of the big things I really, really, really fear about events is right now where we are as a club is that we will, will fall into this like, trap that AC Milan and Inter were in, which is just this perpetual transition year stage. Like, you know, oh, this year is the transition year. And then it's like, you know, it goes crap. And then, okay, no, 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 the next year, or like, let's say the next season that happens. No, 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 this season is a transition year. And then that goes bad. No, 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 this season is a transition year. And I really, really, really fear that we're going to get caught into this perpetual cycle of, 
you know, no, this is a transition year thing. And that's, I mean, you see what happened to, with Inter and, and, and Milan, they essentially lost, what, a decade or so of play? I mean, well, no, okay, well, no, actually, yeah, I think that's about accurate to say. Yeah, no, decade. it's about that. Yeah. Judging by what I covered on when I was my Bleacher Report from Milan, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Was... yeah. Yeah, so they basically lost, you know, a decade of, I mean, football as a, as a, as a club of, you know, of being a football club. So I'm very, very afraid of that happening to Juventus because, okay, essentially this was a transition year, I guess you can say. Just, I mean, very big changes happening in the club. But if we, and I've said this multiple times throughout the last podcast, to the last podcast episodes, if we don't have some kind of, is something we learned from this season isn't something to kind of build off from this season then i really think we're going to get caught into this like yeah into this transition year trap i guess uh i guess that's what i'll what i'll call it but then also another thing um was that uh, it was quite a long time ago i'd read this article on the swiss ramble and eventually <laughs> i stopped i stopped reading um, the articles eventually because they're just so long which i i appreciate i mean they're extremely thorough but, uh, <laughs> but Chuck, they're in your wheelhouse. They're all about numbers and economics. They are. They are. But, um, you know, even I need a break. <laughs> <laughs> um, even I need some like mindless uh, entertainment and, you know, <laughs> mindless stuff sometimes. But I mean, still great. And yesterday's game would have been then the, today's game would have been perfect for you. It's yeah, totally well, mind numbing. Yeah, it really was, <laughs> which is a kind of a tragic thing, really. But, you know, he's still great. Swiss Ramble still great. Like platform but um there was one article he wrote about tottenham tottenham hotspur and this was like really a long time ago i mean i want to say close to like seven eight years ago or maybe even longer than that i remember he said that at the time spurs were basically a club that their wage bill was too high for like a small club but it was really too small for like a breakthrough like title winning or even cup winning size. So they were in this awkward, like, yeah, basically in this awkward in between stage of like their wage bill is way too high to justify um, not winning anything, but it's just not enough to win anything um, or just a caliber of players was not, you know, great enough to win anything. Um, and I mean, I kind of got to say, I mean, isn't that possibly where Juventus is heading <laughs> at this point? Um, clearly we don't have the caliber at all to win the Champions League. Uh, so what, Europa League, uh, Coppa Italia's? I mean, Scudetto's clearly uh, out of the question for this season anyway. And then I mean, Lord knows what will happen in the summer. So, I mean, again, that kind of builds up my first point of just this perpetual transition year trap that um, I'm really, really afraid of. Um, and I really, really, really hope that that will not happen. And we're a half hour into this podcast, and I'm surprised that nobody has mentioned that Benevento coming into this game had not won since January 6th. They were one of the worst defenses in the league. They had allowed, I believe it was 52 goals coming into the Juventus game. And I mean, like Sergio said at the very beginning, it was just the same kind of thing. Park the bus, basically say, okay, prove to us that you can break us down as we, sit basically everybody behind the ball and Juventus obviously didn't. So, I mean, it, it's just, it's the troubling trend of these same problems keep happening and 
we can say that it's just this year, but as we said before, it's not just this year. It's it's the last few years. And then all of a sudden, the 75th minute or so, it's like, oh, yeah, we're losing. We need a goal to at least get a point. Here's suddenly a sense, some semblance of a sense of urgency, and let's see if we can just pull one out of our And unfortunately, that has just repeated itself so much this season that it's I felt like this was kind of my personal breaking point with this season where it's just like enough, come on, you know, you're, you're better than this. You, you guys have, have shown it. I mean, you know, it's not so long ago that Juventus was beating a red hot Milan. I mean, that, that was not even two months ago. And now it's like, what the hell are we going to do? And I know we asked that last week, but what now? Because <laughs> it's just, it, it's hard getting motivated to watch this team these days. Definitely. And, and I agree 100% with you that this was for me as well the breaking point. And it also, you know, helpful because now it's pretty much impossible that they, that they you know, get Inter unless they do the, you know, the bottle job, well, bottle jobs, but uh, which is Inter. So, you know, don't count it out, but still, I, I don't see it happening. Uh, but yeah, and, and not to, you know, harp on too much on, on Pirlo who I swear to God I'm still on his side but this was another one of those things that you know I, I agree you don't have a lot of players you don't have a lot of depth but you know what throw one of the kids out there throw one of the under 23 kids out there who maybe doesn't even know what he's doing maybe doesn't even grasp the, the gravity of the situation but he's going to come in and he might be a spark and he might try to do something because it was really 90 minutes of watching a bunch of you know superstars quote unquote not being able to do a, a give and go, not being able to dribble out a guy, not being able to, you know, make a run, just just passing it laterally, just like, you know, you would think they were winning 5-0, right? So that was one of those moments where I think a, much, a more veteran coach would have just taken out a dude like uh, Alvaro Morata, or I don't know, just to kind of like make a, a, an example of like saying, let's do something here a very bold coach would have taken Cristiano Ronaldo out and bring in an under 23 kid. And it's like, see, this is what I think of your performance right now. I'm just going to bring in this kid with no experience and maybe he can bring in a spark and just do something to shock the team because they really look like they're just sleepwalking out there the majority of time. And, and it's just, yeah, like said, like Danny said, it's just, it's the breaking point It's like just mentally and mathematically, this team is cooked and they, they find themselves in a very uncommon place for them, which is just playing out the strength, really. That, that's really, outside of the Coppa Italia final, what, what do we have really to look forward to? Because the, the season is pretty much, yeah, it's pretty much done. Well, it's making sure that the Champions League is qualified for, which is a huge, which is going to be a huge deal considering the financial losses that not qualifying that for that would, would cause. And now that Napoli took out Roma later on Sunday, thanks, Bren. <laughs> um, thanks, Bren. Thanks, Tito. You guys didn't help us this weekend. You, you know, that's Napoli are only two points back from from Juve now, so that puts that uh, that rescheduled game on the seventh into very sharp focus now. So there is definitely something it. You know, the season's not dead. There is something to play for, and they really do have to get into the Champions League next year or else things are going to end up being far more drastic over the summer than we've been talking about them potentially being. 
you're not excited for like some hot, heavy Europa League action? Because I kind of am. I, I kind of not not when that probably means that we'll be selling Matthias Delict or something like that because we will be having zero money whatsoever. So, um, sell everyone but Delict and let's let's go get the Europa League. Like that that sounds awesome to me. That sounds fun. I just want to have fun again. Let's let's play against Ludo Garitz or some crappy team like that. I I, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> As somebody tweeted at us during the game, at least the Europa League anthem isn't that bad. So there's that, I guess. It's going to be fun. Let's play like on Thursdays and like wonky days where they play. Like it's, it's going to be fun. The good old Thursday Sunday grind that Roma's been on all season. As as the great Ashley Cole once said, Thursday night Channel Five, mate. <laughs> how how buried Juventus like would it be to make the Europa League and win it and finally like break quote unquote the Europeans? like the European, you know, drought, but not really because it's the Europe League. I don't know. I think that'd be fun. Hopefully it doesn't happen because not like Sam very said, considering be how, not very considering how things went in 2013, 2014. <laughs> yeah. I was penciling that one in. Like, I was like, oh, it's going to be so fun to play the final at home. And then they got bounced by Benfica, I think. I wish everybody could have seen Chuck's face when Sergio said, what if we, win the the champ the Europa League and end the European drought because I know it's an audio medium but Chuck's his, Chuck's his reaction was uh, it was we, it was primo unless we choose <laughs> choose to change into a video uh, I want and then people can see the full glory of my semi pajamas reaction and yeah facial reaction in my semi pajamas outfit yeah it's all uh, it's dire stuff that's <laughs> dire dire stuff. Well, lads, should we answer some Twitter questions? Yes, let's. Let's All do right. that. Yeah, as long as I can use my Ashley Cole voice, yeah. There's the not Channel 5, mate. Well, you, you, were, you were imitating Bond last week, so I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if you... Uh, that actually how Ashley Cole sounds? I don't even... No, no, God, I don't know. <laughs> I don't. That sounded a little more like Jamie Carragher. That sounded a little more like Jamie Carragher to me. I don't know. No, I just think... Ashley calls a bit of a prick, so I just kind of take the mic. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's that. <laughs> yeah. All right. First Twitter question from at lap is goat. Why do we do this to ourselves? Because we like pain, Danny. <laughs> I don't know. Why not? What else are you going to do on a Sunday morning? <laughs> Seeing as what time I woke up, sleep is an option, Chucks. Good point. Sleep good point. is for the week. <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> Uh, sleep is yeah. necessary for the overworked uh, <laughs> any legitimate answers as to why Juventus I mean I think you know since since I mentioned earlier we're recording this day of game I, I peeked at, at our, our dashboard and I saw Sam's headline start with the self-inflicted wound and I mean it's just so many times this season you look at whether it's Champions League or, or domestically Juventus just, I mean, it, it's their own mistakes that, that just haunt them so freaking much. Yeah, and that that lack of focus is a weird, it, it, it's weird because it, it, it has been happening so much this year. And, you know, when you're not playing well on the other end, that really does become the difference. Benevento had one shot on target today. It was the goal. So, yeah, I, I don't know if it's just lack of focus you know, if it's just a, or, or if they're just coasting at this point, it's hard to tell, but yeah, I, I just, and it's not like it's the same player every time. It's always somebody different. 
like it could have like the guy we could have been talking about today would have you know could very well have been delict if Chesney hadn't been so close in that in the third minute at the when delict was trying to shield off Lapadula to, uh, on a ball and he just slipped and fell in the box and fortunately Chesney was right there to whack it upfield but it could have it could have easily been him today instead of Artur that that we're talking about in terms of in the self-inflicted wound department so I, I really don't, I, I don't get it. It's just this, you know, and it might just be that the, after falling behind so much early, the, you know, that pressure is getting to them. The pre, you know, could be the, the pressure of having to be so perfect in order to have any chance in hell of, of keeping the streak alive. And maybe they're, they're a little, you know, you know, in, in being that way, they, they, you know, they, it, 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 it gives them a brain cramp. Yeah. It, it's just so weird in how pervasive it is this year. And I couldn't even begin to give you an answer as to what really is going on. I'll give a short answer kind of uh, to the, to the original question, which was uh, why, why do we uh, do this to ourselves? I think it was, you know, I remember a quote from, I think his name was, Manuel Vasquez Montalban, I think was his name. Manuel. That's Vasquez not how Montalban. you pronounce Tim Vickery. Clever. <laughs> Touche. I think, yeah, I think that was his name. Um, but anyway, regardless, his quote was, football is like a religion without a God. And so I thought that was a pretty apt description of kind of the entire uh, twisted emotional connection that we fans have with, with the game borderline religion but then you know who do we worship i don't know our our team our, we don't really have a god uh, in football so uh, yeah I, I, that's kind of that's kind of what i thought of when when you said you know why do we do this to ourselves i don't know it's like religion without a god i uh, you know chalk's got way too much like way too philosophical <laughs> right there but try try uh, following that up sergio they call yeah. me socrates <laughs> I was about to say, like, I don't know, man, but I guess I have to <laughs> go, go deeper now. Now, l- l- let me let me put it this way. I've been rooting, I've been rooting thanklessly for my hometown team, Club Puebla, for like 24 years. And it, they, they've given me, I can count with one hand, the happy moments they've provided for me in my life. And still, <laughs> still I root for them because... And this this tournament, they're actually fun. They're young. They're you know they're they're like potentially filled. They brought in this like coach from Ar- Argentina, which I had never heard from, but he's like turning the team around. They were just like today. They were in a four four thriller where they went down two nil with ten men, came back three times, and the game ended four four. And it was the most excited I've been for a football team in ages. So that's why you do it to yourself because the one time that they're actually good and fun and they win, it's so worth it. And, you know, right now we're obviously on, on, a, on a low point for the Juventus fandom, despite the trophies, this has been going on for a few years, but just remember the times where they were fun and good and they were winning and how good that made you feel that's why you keep doing that to yourself because that is like, that's the stuff, man. Like that's the things that make you like that bring you back. So just 
just the good thing for being a fan right now is that in like two, three, four years from now, when they're like really good again, because it's Juventus and they will be good again. It's not like with my Club Puebla, which is good once in a blue moon, but they, this team will be good again. And you can, you know, be, you know, pretentious about it in the comment section and be like, I was there in that one season when we we're losing against Benevento and like, I get to enjoy this now. So that's what we're like. That's what we keep coming back. As a Philadelphia sports fan, I feel personally attacked. Because <laughs> that's the exact that that's that's just exactly I, I feel so so hard for how you feel with your team there, Sergio. Just watching every single one of us, our team slam their head into the wall repeatedly, and then maybe, you know, once every 30 years something fun happens. They, they give you that that one time. One time they're good, and it's all worth it. At least that's entertaining, a 4-4 loss, you know, or a draw, rather, after in those conditions. At least that's entertaining. Man. It would be a loss this for the was... other team when you're down, when you're up 2-0, well, yeah, up yeah. a man, and then you're heading up 4-4. Yeah. Yeah. But with us, yeah. it isn't even, with Juventus, it isn't even entertaining anymore, you know? But anyway, I, I digress. All right, next question from at Rusitano. Is it fair to judge Pirlo considering how much the injuries have affected the dynamics of the starting lineups? No. Next. Well, uh, your honor has spoken. <laughs> <laughs> the honorable Mr. Lepresti has spoken. Uh, please approach the bench. Um, now, um, well, it depends, I guess, to judge him for this game or for the season. For this game, I mean... Yeah, Sergio basically described it, which I 100% agree with, agreed with, by the way, just on, you know, he has to take some blame for this game. Um, but overall, with the season, not necessarily as much. Um, a little bit, yes, but not like, you know, obviously he was thrown into the deep end very much. And, you know, yeah, given just the madness that has been this season uh and no preseason so you know it, obviously cutting him some slack on that but yeah definitely some games were just like you know we got one point against benevento this season i mean that's you know that that's where i cut beard a little bit less slack so it's a bit 50 50 basically yeah agreed 100 with chucks he deserves blame for some games this game specifically i think some blame is deserved for the whole season i i don't think so i think you know, we all know the, the you know, the, the things that happened this season. So I don't think it's fully his fault. There is a, an end of the season article in me in which I go and do the research and figure out how many days every player missed. Because I'm, I'm almost confident that outside of like four or five dudes, everyone in the team has missed time. So it, it's hard for me to judge him on that. Plus, it's a COVID year. So we all know that nothing counts this year. So, you know. I mean, I'm I'm just scratching it up for that. Yeah, just to be a little bit more elaborate than than that, I I I I do agree with with what you guys just said with, with what you guys said. In that, I mean, there are certain games where Pirlo certainly didn't do the best job, but over the course of the season, like you look at, and and you look at not only has he ridden out those injuries, and you know, you look at the game that you were talking about before, Danny against Milan and San Siro, when they comprehensively outplayed them, even though they had a bunch of guys out. And, you know, at that point, Milan was the hottest team in Serie A. So he's shown that not only has 
you know, yeah, these injuries have been crazy, but he's also managed to rise above them in a lot of cases, which I, th- which is one of the reasons why I still have a, a good amount of faith in him long-term. But so, yeah, I, I think it's, you know, with a, in a, in a, in a less crazy season with less crazy injuries and less crazy schedules and less crazy and, and, you know, I, I hopefully no COVID instead of less COVID God willing. I, I, I think that things would certainly have been a lot different. All right. Final question here. We'll wrap things up on a bit of a lighter note from friend of the pod and loyal Twitter questioner. I think that's the right way to phrase it. David Desberg at the true ROAC. Yesterday, I went to my favorite coffee spot with my friend on 11th and Spruce in Philly. Hey, Sam, Philadelphia. Once there, I learned his father used to live in that same building, which I found far more interesting than anything Juventus did today. Anyway, guys, what's your favorite coffee brand? I like Kimbo. I actually don't drink coffee. So, um, yeah, (laughs) actually, I'm going to pass on that. And you grew up in Europe? Yeah, no, I just, I never needed, I just never needed coffee. (laughs) <laughs> life was so relaxed and chill there i i, I didn't need anyway. <laughs> you know, we didn't have to worry about i don't know riots and stuff and you know uh, but I, I digress but yeah no i don't drink i don't drink coffee uh tea i do though but not coffee what's, what's your go-to tea then shark uh, just any kind of green or peppermint tea uh, especially peppermint it's just no none of that you know all the nonsense with yeah all these brands selling like uh, was a chocolate uh, strawberry tea? I'm like, what the hell? Like, if I want a chocolate, I'll go buy chocolate. If I want a strawberry, I'll go buy strawberry. I'm like, what the hell is this? Putting chocolate strawberry in tea is, I swear, it's all these damn millennials. I'm telling you. I I thought we were going to end a lighter note. Here's Chuck's giving his, <laughs> his, his tea takes. <laughs> but peppermint, just just clean peppermint or um, green tea, just without any, just yeah, straight, straight. You know, hit hit me straight with that. Uh, you know, I, I once tried to, I once tried to become like a tea guy and I bought this like a bunch of teas and I was like, yeah, this is going to be my, my new thing because I was drinking too much coffee and I, I never liked them at all until I started like putting sugar in them. And then I was like, oh, this is good. And then I realized like, I'm just drinking like hot water with sugar. So like, I don't really... <laughs> I was like, well, tea is good now if it, if I put sugar in it. So right. I don't know. It kind of defeated the purpose. So I started drinking coffee again. But I like I like Mexican coffee. It's good. If, if it comes from like Chiapas or Veracruz, I, it's pretty good. It's high altitude. I would say it's just as good as any like Colombian fancy stuff. So if you, if you can grab it, you know, get that. I know Starbucks has it, but it's like, you know, it's Starbucks, so it's not that good. But, but even they, like, get it from, from those places. So that's good. To answer the question, it's either Chiapas or Veracruz coffee. But, but yeah, that's my tea story. Tea is not great. You should have tried honey in the tea, man. Like... So I'm drinking, like, hot water with honey? Yeah. <laughs> flavored hot water. <laughs> flavored hot water with, with honey. Yeah. I mean, you know. So like a hummingbird. <laughs> I, I got to pump the day job. The day job is at Starbucks, and I do drink a good amount of the Starbucks coffee. Although I do, I, I'm I'm very partial to a couple of the, they have the special reserves that are actually like, tr- actually truly a cut above what what they normally sell. They have some really good Ethiopians that are like natural process coffee, 
so it like has that like kind of fruitiness there from the from the coffee bean kind of like drying and around the bean before it's it's taken away i don't often drink coffee black but those those i will drink coffee uh just straight because they they actually have some really fun fun stuff going on in there i will say you say that this was on a light you were wanted to end on a lighter note but we're talking about very dark drinks uh uh i will shout out they're they're at least a west coast brand i can't remember if they're uh national here in the u.s but they're from berkeley california pete's coffee that's that's what i grew up on with my mom she was religious with pete's coffee and i've i've taken that that mantle from her i didn't i didn't get her uh her test taking ability when it comes to academics but i got her her taste in coffee so on that note we'll wrap things up thank you guys for your twitter questions uh as always you can send it to us at juventus nation on twitter you can also uh, follow us on social media on Facebook at Black and White and Red Over. Search there. I will do it once again. Shout out to the Juventus women, setting a little bit of Serie A Femenile history this weekend. If you wanted some good Juventus news. And shout out to the Hertigs. The Hertigs, yes, definitely. Lena and Lisa Hertig expecting, expecting baby Hertig. In the not-so-distant future, Juventus women won their 18th straight league fixture which is a new record they are a perfect 16 for 16 on the 2020-2021 season say that three times fast if you want to subscribe to us on iTunes and Apple Podcasts search black and white and rattle over same thing goes for Google Podcasts and Spotify if you are listening on Apple Podcasts feel free to leave a rating and a review we are very much appreciative of that whenever it occurs so for the decaffeinated chucks for sergio and for sam this is danny saying thank you very much for listening it's an international break so we'll be in a good mood for at least two weeks hopefully and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week